Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. So, so thank you to the Scottish Government for inviting me. Uh, as Sue said, I'm a member of the International Council of Education Advisors, and we will be meeting again soon. So I'm really pleased to be here today to, to listen to the conversations and to be able to ask some questions and to follow along. Uh, I'm now based at the University of Toronto, where I'm a professor, and I am a former advisor to our government there. And for those of you who haven't met me before and think this is a kind of weird Canadian accent, <laughs> I'm a very proud Scot, and I'm thankful that all of my own education and the start of my career was in Scotland. So it's, it's always great to be back, and I visit my family and my friends while I'm here too, so thank you. So I was asked to, to, to bring an international perspective. I realize I'm in the coveted afternoon lunch spot, so I'll try and make assessment as exciting as it could possibly be. But I'm going to talk a bit about some work that we did in Ontario. So two years ago, I was asked by our government in Ontario to lead a review of our assessment system in Ontario and Canada. Um, so we were looking at what's happening around the world in assessment, including here in Scotland, but also Australia and uh, other countries to say, well, if we're going to redesign an assessment system, what might it look like? So I'm going to talk about some sort of big ideas from our international review, uh, share some of the Ontario experience, and then just make some closing comments. Uh, and, and I welcomed this morning when Sue Ellis and others said that it's really important that you, you have a Scottish assessment model. So I'm certainly not here to say do what we do in Ontario. In fact, you're ahead of us at the moment. So I want to share some, some ideas, some advice, and maybe some cautionary tales around changing assessment systems. So when we were asked to think about if you're going to redesign an assessment system, we thought, where do we begin? And actually, assessment, as many of you may know, uh, the root is a Latin word, to sit beside. So as we're sitting beside each other today talking about assessment, we began to think, what does it mean to be serious about sitting with and beside children and young people? What does it mean to be serious about sitting beside colleagues in terms of moderation that Graham Logan and others have spoken about today? What does it mean to sit beside government who do want to know about the performance of their education systems? What does it mean to sit beside parents and carers and community members? And sometimes when we get into the debates about data and technology, we lose the idea of sitting beside a child. So what does that look like? An evaluation to find the value. How do we find value in assessment? And many of you know, Graham shared some of the Hattie work this morning in the Education Endowment Foundation, EEF. This is available on our website. They've analysed what existing evidence tells us about what strategies or practices make the most difference for age 5 to 16 learning. Number one, feedback. When done well, feedback is extremely powerful. In fact, in their analysis, they said that effective feedback to children and young people adds eight months of growth on an average of a one-year learning trajectory. So, relatively inexpensive, high impact for all students if done well. The second most impactful, metacognition and self-regulation. Self-assessment, students' own assessment, assessing on themselves but also assessing their peers. 
So how do we build that into a system? And that's what I've been pleased as part of the discussions this morning have certainly emphasised feedback and teachers' professional judgement and conversations sitting beside. So we were asked in Ontario, myself and there's five other advisors, Andy Hargreaves, who's probably familiar to many of you, Michael Fullen, Jean Clinton, Diane Longboat and Carl James, to lead a, a review of assessment. We were asked to look at the current assessment system, and I'll explain that in a minute, at the classroom, school, school district or local authority level and at our provincial level. We were asked also, there's a commitment in Canada around truth and reconciliation towards our Indigenous students who have not been well served historically by the education system. And to think about Indigenous ways of knowing and knowledge. Uh, and in Indigenous ways of knowing, it's about conversations, about stories, about seven generations. So how do we think about that in the current context? And what might we recommend? Uh, the report's available on my OISE website under my name. So if you go to OISE, Carol Campbell, Ontario Learning Province. I'm not going to do the full report today. I'm just going to talk about some highlights. So in Ontario, there's a policy for assessment, just as the same as there are many places, uh, called Growing Success, which was developed in 2010. And it was developed with educators, but it's a government policy. And it set out some principles for all assessments in our education system. And the principles are there, seven fundamental principles. So the first one, to be fair, transparent and equitable. To support all students with special attention, for example, to language learners or special educational needs or our First Nation, Métis and Inuit students. That are carefully planned and linked to curriculum expectations as well as to students' interests, learning styles and preferences that are communicated clearly to students and parents at the beginning of the school year or when appropriate within the school year or course or lesson, that are ongoing, varied and administered over a period of time to provide multiple opportunities for students to demonstrate the full range of learning, provide feedback, that piece, clear, specific, meaningful and timely, and develop student self-assessment. So, so that policy is obviously almost a decade old now, but it continues to inform approaches to assessment. And just as you have here, we've already had it in the conversations this morning, there's an emphasis on three main forms of assessment. So diagnostic assessment actually is our last round of collective bargaining with teacher unions. Diagnostic assessment is an entirely professional responsibility. Teachers have the choice of what assessments to use and when to use them. And the informative assessments, of course, the ongoing day-to-day -day work of teachers, and summative assessments, end of a period of learning, and also the more standardised assessments in our, our context. This is what the Ontario assessment system looks like. So the grey bar or box around the top, support for ongoing classroom assessment, teachers' day-to-day -day work that we've been talking about today. Um, and then in 1995, there was a Royal Commission on Learning that recommended the introduction of, of large-scale standardised provincial assessments. That's called EQAO, the Education Quality and Accountability Office. So we have large-scale standardised assessments in Grade 3, which is about Primary 3, Primary 4, Grade 3 and Grade 6 in Literacy and Numeracy, Grade 9 in Math, 
and Grade 10 for the Ontario Secondary School Literacy Test. That system's over 20 years old now. So thinking about that piece, and then of course we participate in PISA and some of the other international and national assessments. So as we began the review, we thought about well, what might be the vision for, for moving forward. And this is what we developed, that students' experiences, their needs, learning, progress and well-being are at the centre of decisions about future assessment design and use. We said that the goal was to ensure further development of and improve approaches to assessment which support all children and young people to learn and develop to their fullest potential from early childhood through to high school graduation and post-secondary destinations. And we embarked on a process where we set out some, some principles, and so these were co-developed with the education sector and with partners around what might be the future purposes of assessment. Not saying these didn't exist, but these would be key. And the first overarching principle was around equity. How do we ensure equity within our assessments? So there's been lots of debate about culturally relevant pedagogy, about culturally relevant curriculum, but what does culturally relevant assessment look like? So that students could see themselves in the assessment questions. And the next piece was, I've just said it, our system's over 20 years old. Everything else has moved on. So how do we ensure that assessment is based on what we know now about skills and about development and about technology? And then around supporting students' learning, well-being and equity, supporting professionals' practice and judgment, informing students and parents or carers about students' progress, informing school and system improvement, public assurance to the, uh, to the public, our government wanted to have some public measures, and then continue to support our education work. So, as is true in Scotland, our students are changing dramatically. Our fastest growing population are First Nations students, Indigenous students. The majority of our students are either first or second generation immigrants. We're just at the point at which visible minority will become the majority. And of course, there's a whole new world, global changes. So thinking about that, 20-year-old assessment system, the way we teach has changed. The curriculum has changed. So we wanted to think about how do we build something different. And then we had a very large public consultation, over 5,000 people and over 100 stakeholder organisations across Ontario. And Sometimes there's not much consensus about testing, but the consensus was we needed to change. Um, there was a lot of frustration. It's time for change. And then the vision, how do we move forward in an aligned way? So you may not be able to see this at the back. I'm happy for MD to have copies of my slides. So we asked about classroom assessments, the day-to-day -day work of teachers and others in the education system. And we asked to what extent they were, they were meeting those purposes of supporting students and parents and reporting. And how to read this table is that you're looking for high numbers in the orange part and low numbers in the green part. Because orange means the assessments are serving well or very well. Green is poor or very poorly. And the reason for the, the three or the six columns is we had an online survey 
We had stakeholder meetings, which was bringing together the equivalent of local authority. Every local authority had release time for teachers to come together and head teachers and others to be part of this conversation. And then we had public evening town halls that parents and students and others came to. So basically what, what we heard was that the day-to-day -day work of teachers and your professional judgment, their professional judgment, was highly effective in supporting students' learning. And in terms of providing evidence to inform professional judgment, enabling educators to provide feedback to their students and providing parents or carers. There were some concerns about how to ensure that assessments were suitable in terms of equity to meeting the needs of all learners. And what the advice we received was, so we had an educator panel with teachers and head teachers and, and representatives from the professional associations, was that our, our teachers agreed with some of the principles of the, the growing success policy, which was fair and transparent and equitable, but they said, show me how, show me what this looks like in practice. So what we were asked to provide was to think about some of the resources you've been discussing this morning, online, on demand, and in print, assessment resources that teachers can use by their choice as part of their professional judgment, aligned to the curriculum. Because that doesn't exist on Ontario, so that's why I'm saying you're ahead. Um, so how do we really support classroom assessment, moderation, teacher judgment, and that piece? Then our, our large-scale assessments. So remember I said orange is good and green's bad. So for those of you that can see the numbers, our large-scale assessments received very poor responses. In fact, no, no majority group said that our assessments were performing well or very well. Now, I want to put this in context because the word standardised assessment doesn't travel very well. It means different things in different contexts. Our grade three assessment, remember, over 20 years old, six hours paper and pencil test. Now it's taken over more than one day, but that's what it is. Our Ontario Secondary School literacy test is mandatory, and if you don't pass it, you don't get your high school graduation certificate. Now there are courses and supports for that, but again, it's a paper and pencil test, Students have to write a, a three-paragraph newspaper article. So there was this big dissonance about the way our students learn, the way our teachers teach, and what these assessments look like. So that's the caution. You're not going down that road. But please don't wait 20 years to review an assessment system because it will be way outdated. Uh, and the response was negative. People were concerned. People still wanted there to be some form of assessment, but they wanted online, interactive, adapting testing, shorter, more geared to the content that our students were learning and how they were learning, adapted to the needs of our students. And this is a bit blurry, but we also asked about international assessments, so PISA, PEARLS, TIMS. And on this one, how you need to read it is the yellow means we don't know. We don't really know what these are. And that's what we heard. Now, people heard about PISA, just the same as here in Scotland, PISA's out in December, it'll probably be on the newspapers depending on how the results go. But mainly people just didn't know. And then when they did know, the pink and the orange means poorly or very poorly. They weren't sure what they were for or how to use them. 
But actually they said, well, if we're doing this and our children are participating, we want to know more about it. So there was a communication piece. There was no appetite for, for more testing, but there was an appetite to at least make use of what already existed and to understand that data. So we ended up, as you're probably going to guess from how I'm telling the story, identifying areas for improvement and recommendations. And at the heart of our recommendations is, of course, classroom assessment and formative assessment and teachers' professional judgment. So we started the review with our vision that students' experiences, their needs, learning, progress and well-being are the centre of decisions about future assessment, design and use. We have held firm to that vision to guide our decisions. It is our unanimous view and conclusion that it's time to make the continuous improvement of effective classroom assessments and feedback for students with educators and parents, guardians in our context, carers, the central feature of assessment in Ontario, to make sure that that was at the heart of the work going forward. We spoke about the need to really put students at the heart of the work to ensure that from nursery in, in Scottish terms, kindergarten in our terms, that there was an assessment system that met students' needs. So it enhanced student choice in assessment, improved student engagement in assessments that reflected their cultures, their contexts, their experiences. Uh, assessment more closely reflected the day-to-day -day learning and use of technology, because our schools do use technology, but we have paper and pencil tests when it comes to the standardised ones. That it builds in work around skills to support students. Uh, that there are appropriate modifications and accommodations for people who were new to Ontario, people who are language learners, special education, you know all of those pieces. Uh, enriched, timely, descriptive feedback. So in our large scale assessments, the students take the tests in the spring and the results don't come out to the fall. So thinking about how you, how you get feedback much more quickly. Minimise time and anxiety for test preparation. The test shouldn't be driving what's happening in the classroom. It should be an integrated part to minimise anxiety and to really communicate clearly with students and educators and parents about this work. Um, so, as you share your experiences, you know, it's not all good news, um, but I'm saying to you, keep going with the work around professional judgment, around moderation, around using technology, around linking to CFE. Uh, there, there is no perfect assessment system. So, so we concluded also that no system of assessment is perfect. Any given system will have weaknesses and unintended consequences. The goal is to establish a system that's well understood, maximises benefits, minimises limitations, and evolves through continuous innovation and improvement. And that's really important. There is no perfect assessment system. We had big debates and trade-offs about do we test all students or a sample of students or this or what time of year or what grades or what subjects. So make it work for you. It absolutely should be a Scottish assessment model. And then at its heart, students. Students' development, so our, our early childhood includes developmental readiness, thinking about students' mental and physical and cognitive and emotional well-being, their learning, of course, and their attainment. And that integrated piece between pedagogy, curriculum, assessment, and now integration of technology as well. 
And of course, the adults really matter. So students are at the heart, but the work that you do matters. Uh, so the professional judgment and practice. We all know that within a school, the most important factor is teaching. The second most important factor is leadership. And then, of course, parent and community engagement and involvement. So put those pieces together, the students and the adults. So I say to you as you continue your conversations, what does it mean to sit beside each other? To talk about assessment, to develop assessment, to develop your plans for assessment, to sit beside children and young people, for them as learners, but them to provide feedback too. To sit beside colleagues and moderating marking in other contexts. And to sit beside parents and carers who obviously want quality, real-time feedback and information from your schools. All of this material is available on our website. That's my Twitter name. For those of you who follow me or would like to follow me, I, I usually, usually respond. And that's my email address. I, I'm happy to follow up. I think I've got a couple of minutes if anybody has a burning question, but I will be on the panel later today, and I'm here for the rest of the afternoon. I don't know if anybody has a, a question right now.